Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Tonight, 2020 will go down in history as America's deadliest year. As President-elect Joe Biden warns, the darkest days are ahead of us. The heartbreaking news tonight that more than 115,000 Americans could spend Christmas in the hospital fighting coronavirus. And that new, more contagious COVID strain is likely already here in the U.S. While overseas, it's isolating England, stopping thousands of delivery trucks at the border. Biden blasts Trump. The president-elect blames the president for the enormous cyber attack on the federal government. This assault happened on Donald Trump's watch. When he wasn't watching. His warning tonight for those responsible. Fauci's turn. The nation's top infectious disease doctor rolls up his sleeve. I feel extreme confidence in the safety and the efficacy of this vaccine. Plus, why who gets the vaccine next can make a difference in flattening the curve. Americans out of work. Tonight, the story of middle-class families hurting, relying on food banks and not getting a check from the U.S. government. Jailed for violating quarantine. An American college student is sentenced to two months behind bars in the Cayman Islands. What her parents are asking the president to do. Holiday storm. Millions brace for snow, rain, and possibly tornadoes. And the black ice that caused this tractor trailer to go up in flames in New York. And our season of giving. World-renowned chef Jose Andres feeding hungry Americans and providing a lifeline to small businesses. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital. 
Good evening, and thank you for joining us. We are going to begin tonight with unusually blunt words from President-elect Joe Biden, who said our darkest days in the battle against COVID are ahead of us, not behind us. His warning comes as America is expected to top 3 million total deaths by the end of 2020. Now, that is a 15 percent increase since last year, and it's because of the pandemic. According to the CDC, that makes 2020 the deadliest year in U.S. history. Today, top health officials in this country said we should assume the new, more infectious COVID strain that's ravaging the United Kingdom is already here in the U.S. This was the scene in the U.K. today as delivery trucks jammed the roads amid border closures in response to the outbreak there. And we're learning tonight that now Moderna and Pfizer's partner BioNTech are testing to see if their vaccines are effective against this new strain. Now, in the past few days, U.S. airports have been crowded with more travelers than we've seen since March, raising new fears that the virus will spread further during the holidays. And as we come on the air tonight, more than 322,000 lives have been lost to COVID. There's also a lot of new reporting tonight for you and your family, and our team is following it all. CBS's Mola Lenghi is going to lead us off from Newark Airport in New Jersey. Good evening, Mola. Well, good evening, Nora. More than 80 million Americans are expected to travel between tomorrow and January 3rd. As you can see, they've already gotten started. That is despite the CDC's recommendations. Add to that that new strain that's believed to be significantly more contagious, and hospitals across the country are bracing for impact. Tonight, growing concern that the variant strain of COVID locking down much of the United Kingdom has now reached the U.S. When you have this amount of spread within a place like the U.K., that you really need to assume that it's here already. The lockdown stranding travelers, leaving rows of trucks stretching as far as the eye can see and then farther. France now saying it will resume essential travel and transit for European Union citizens to ease the gridlock. While the new strain is believed to be up to 70% more infectious, it's unclear if it might require the vaccine to be modified. Uh, It is possible. I think we should be ready for that, that a bit down the road that might happen. But I'm not worried that the current vaccines we have will somehow become ineffective against this variant. Pfizer and Moderna are testing their vaccines against the new strain. What is worrisome? How bleak things have gotten inside U.S. hospitals, especially in California. This is a COVID unit just north of Los Angeles. It's getting worse and it's exhausting. Dr. Brad Spellberg is chief medical officer at L.A. County USC Medical Center. What is the worst case scenario here? Our fear is we end up looking like New York did, you know, in April or Italy went through. That when you are just systematically completely overwhelmed and there is nothing you can do. Ah, 19 is positive. There are no ICU beds left at this Orange County hospital. It's been exponentially increasing since Thanksgiving. Sparking new concerns about a Christmas surge nationwide. Those warnings so far largely ignored as airports remain packed. A coroner in Louisiana now confirming that the passenger on this United Airlines flight, seen on this TMZ video, died from COVID. One of the passengers giving him CPR reportedly now testing positive. In September, the U.S. never averaged more than 50,000 daily cases. California just reported over 60,000 in a single day. The state also setting records for hospitalizations and deaths. Relief can't come soon enough for those newly infected, those hospitalized. The one, two. Or those on the front lines. How do you go on? It's our job. We, yeah. we continue to come every day walking towards the danger. We're willing to do the hard work. 
we're willing to go into the rooms and care for these critically ill patients. Please just help us stop the spread. Well, Dr. Spellberg says it's important to point out that it's common for viruses to mutate and to spread more during the cold winter months. That was expected. Still, it could create an unsustainable situation in hospitals over the next several weeks, which is why New York Governor Andrew Cuomo tonight is calling on all New York hospitals to begin testing for that new strain, Nora. All right, Mola Lange, thank you. President-elect Biden is blasting President Trump for not holding Russia accountable for the widespread cyber attack on U.S. computer systems. Mr. Biden is also urging Americans to keep up the battle against COVID, saying it's time to, quote, steal our spine for the weeks ahead. Here's CBS's Nicole Killian. President-elect Joe Biden with a blunt message to the American people today. Tens of thousands more lives will be lost in the months to come, even with the vaccine. Our darkest days in the battle against COVID are ahead of us, not behind us. With more than 2,500 Americans currently dying each day, President Trump again had no public events or comment on the pandemic, only focusing on what he called the rigged election. Mr. Biden suggested additional travel restrictions may be warranted as a new, more contagious strain emerges in the U.K. One of the things I'm waiting to get a response from my COVID team is whether or not we should require testing before they get on an aircraft to fly home, number one. And number two, when they get home, should they quarantine? President Trump has also said little about the enormous hack that penetrated several government agencies and Fortune 500 companies. Today, Mr. Biden called Mr. Trump out for failing to respond. This assault happened on Donald Trump's watch when he wasn't watching. It's still his responsibility as president to, to defend American interests for the next four weeks. But rest assured... That even if he does not take it seriously, I will. The president-elect called on the administration to publicly announce who was responsible, noting that it looked like Russia's doing. Attorney General Bill Barr and Secretary of State Mike Pompeo agree. But Mr. Trump said it may have been China and downplayed the seriousness of the hack. The president-elect was asked how he would respond. Let us determine what the extent of the damage is. And I promise you. Meanwhile, Vice President-elect Kamala Harris's California Senate seat has been filled. On Twitter, Governor Gavin Newsom broke the news of his appointment to Secretary of State Alex Padilla, who would be the first Latino senator from the state. I'm honored, man. And I'm humbled. I can't tell you how many pancakes my dad flipped or eggs he scrambled trying to provide for us. CBS News has learned Mr. Biden is nominating Connecticut Schools Commissioner Miguel Cardona as his new education secretary. Cardona, who taught public school earlier in his career, will be tasked with getting kids back in the classroom within Biden's first 100 days. Nora. All right, Nicole Killian. Thank you. Tonight, states are deciding who should get the next wave of COVID vaccines, sparking the debate over which groups should receive priority. For example, should it be corrections officers or teachers? CBS's Adriana Diaz continues our series, Vaccinating America. It's week two, with more than 600,000 vaccines administered, including to Dr. Anthony Fauci today. The CDC recommends the next group should be those 75 and older and frontline essential workers. But that's 49 million people. And so far, just under 5 million doses have been delivered. 
Do you feel like you're almost in competition with other essential workers? Yes, for sure. Sylvia Tanguma heads the teachers union in McAllen, Texas. She eats in her car to not remove her mask at school. Monday, Texas announced its next group will be those either 65 and older or at high risk, not teachers as a whole. What would you say to the governor if you had a chance to talk to him? He needs to consider how many teachers we have and how badly we are needed. After studying New York surge, the CDC found that corrections officers are most exposed. That's why Anthony McGee of Chicago thinks that they should get priority. They have to pass out medicine. They have to pass out food. There is no way for our members not to have direct contact with inmates. Infectious disease specialist Dr. Eileen Marty says the order of vaccinations must be both ethical and strategic. You vaccinate the right the right group of people, you are going to flatten the curve faster. But the CDC says even those next in line will be waiting at least a month. Adriana Diaz, CBS News, Chicago. And tonight we have a remarkable story about an 18-year-old college student from Georgia fighting to get out of jail in the Cayman Islands for breaking COVID isolation rules. She and her boyfriend were locked up and her family is now pleading for help from the president. CBS's Meg Oliver has late developments in the case. Today, 18-year-old Skylar Mack and her boyfriend had their lengthy four-month prison sentences for violating the Cayman Islands COVID restrictions cut in half. The ordeal began November 27th when Mack, a pre-med student from Georgia, flew to the British Caribbean territory for her boyfriend, Vanjay Ramgeet's jet skiing competition. She was supposed to wear a monitoring bracelet and quarantine for 14 days. She took multiple COVID tests when she arrived and throughout this period of time, and every single one of them has been negative. But two days in, she removed the tracking device and went to watch her boyfriend compete. They both pleaded guilty to violating the quarantine rules. Initially, they were ordered to perform 40 hours of community service and pay $3,100 in fines. But the prosecutor appealed that sentence, and a judge increased it to four months in jail. During sentencing, the judge called their actions as flagrant a breach as could be imagined. It was born of selfishness and arrogance. Her family is now hoping the U.S. government steps in. Everybody's in limbo and, you know, um, trying to figure out what do we do. Um, no one really wants to do Christmas without Skylar, so um, not sure what we'll do. The family sent a letter directly to the White House asking President Trump to intervene. The State Department tells CBS News they are aware of the situation. For now, the reduced sentence stands, but according to the Cayman Islands, anyone who violates their COVID restrictions faces up to two years in prison. Nora? A harsh sentence. Meg Oliver, thank you. Well, tonight, Feed America says there's a 60 percent increase over last year in requests for food assistance. And it's not just lower income Americans who need help because the first round of stimulus checks were based on last year's tax returns. A middle class family who lost a job this year is also feeling the impact. Here's CBS's Mark Strassman. This is tough, very tough. Worry kept Jose Cruz company on this morning drive. How I can leave, you know, I have to feed my family, especially my baby, I have a baby. That's seven-month-old Valentina. Look, my sweetie heart. Her dad, a 52-year-old unemployed chef, picked up donated food, enough to stuff this van. 
it will feed families in crisis, including his. When I go to the bed, sometimes I cry myself. You know, I say, God, help me, please. Cruz fell hard and fast in March after losing his job. He made good money cooking at the Mayflower Hotel in Washington, D.C., $92,000 last year. Now he volunteers full-time at So What Else, a food bank. The siege of this pandemic has eaten into America's middle class. What you need, sir? What you need? In prosperous Montgomery County, Maryland, this charity serves 60,000 meals a week. The need increases every single day. Here we go, man. Executive Director Dave Silbert says Cruz stands out. The main thing I know about him and learned is that his work ethic is tremendous. Six weeks ago, someone stole Cruz's social security number. His unemployment checks stopped. Under the latest pandemic stimulus bill passed by Congress, he'll likely get a few hundred dollars because of his infant daughter. That's it. Cruz helped hand out more than 150 Christmas toys. One of his only gifts for little Valentina, donated diapers. Mark Strassman, CBS News, Atlanta. And tonight, a pre-Christmas storm could force millions of Americans to adjust their holiday travel plans. Snow, rain, and heavy winds are forecast. Let's get the details now from CBS's Lonnie Quinn. Hey there, Lonnie. Hey, Nora, you know, if there's ever a time of year when you kind of root for snow, it's around the Christmas holiday. And tomorrow in the morning, there's going to be snow out there. But this is not pleasant snow. It comes with big winds for the Dakotas into Minnesota, a blizzard warning for you. In fact, it all turns to rain, though, by the time it makes its way into the Ohio, Tennessee Valley, all the way down to the Gulf Coast. And then Christmas Eve in the morning. This is important because Atlanta could be dealing with some severe weather. and A lot of folks fly through Atlanta, so there will be some flight delays. It all becomes rainy for the eastern seaboard, all those northeastern cities. That picked up the snow last week, kind of setting the table for a white Christmas. A lot of that is going to get washed away. It's primarily just rain, maybe a little bit of snow on the backside when the cold air sets up. But really, much more rain moves into the area. You're taking a look at temperatures dropping almost 20, maybe even 30 degrees in some spots. 62 Philadelphia, Thursday, 6 p.m. Well, you're in the 20s if you go back out around, say, Chicago. All that cold air will overwhelm the East Coast later on, but too late to turn that rain to snow. Nora, let's go back to you. Oh, I'll miss the snow. Lonnie Quinn, thank you. Tonight, the Justice Department is accusing Walmart of helping to fuel the opioid crisis by unlawfully filling thousands of prescriptions. Prosecutors allege the company pressured employees to fill orders quickly, even ones that were suspicious. Walmart says the government is trying to shift blame for its own failures. New York City police say black ice likely caused a truck to flip and explode into flames on a busy highway. The fireball was captured on video from a nearby apartment just after midnight. The truck was carrying close to 300 propane cylinders, and they went up in flames. Amazingly, the driver was not hurt. All those months that Congress argued over how to help Americans in the pandemic, Chef Jose Andres was serving those in need. CBS's Chip Reed continues our series, Season of Giving. Celebrity chef Jose Andres is a man on a mission to feed the world and to help struggling restaurants. That mission brings him here to Breaking Bread in Baltimore. Why we need to be having hunger lines in America? Why do we need to see people with long lines in cars or in person, snowing or raining, waiting for a box of food? 
Across the country, Andres and his nonprofit World Central Kitchen pay local restaurants to prepare hot meals for the hungry. Since April, 175,000 meals have been served in Baltimore, with a million dollars going back to the community. We saw restaurants that were unable to have customers, and we saw hungry families. So we thought, why don't we connect those two things? It's a partnership that helps the hungry and keeps the lights on. Chef owner Kimberly Ellis. Would you still be in business? No, we would not. Hands down, we would not. I I don't want to get emotional, but it really saved us. At nearby Catherine's Family Services, Andres and his volunteers handed out 400 meals. Haley Mitchell's mother depends on the food giveaway to feed her three children. I get food and stuff for my kids so they can eat. And so can families in nearly 400 cities, thanks to Andres and his food magic. People showing you that Boots on the Ground works, that programs work, that they can uplift communities one meal at a time. Chip Reed, CBS News, Baltimore. We just want to keep highlighting those people that give back and share their kindness. On tomorrow's CBS Evening News, we're continuing our series, Season of Giving, with a businessman who was once down on his luck and now pays other people's bills. And a reminder that in this season of giving, we all have something we can share. And if you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR so that you can watch us later. I'm Nora O'Donnell. That's tonight's edition of the CBS Evening News. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Hi, it's Stephen Colbert, and I'm here to tell you about The Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert, and I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. And how long have you been the, the producer of this? We've been doing this for two years now. Okay. And and what is it like to attempt to uh, get feedback from me about the podcast? Be honest about how quickly I respond to emails. You actually respond to emails surprisingly fast. Really? I, I think you might be the only person I respond to. <laughs> <laughs> I respond to quickly. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. I expected I expected you to lay into me. Well, this was over the strike period. Oh, I had time. Yeah. See, that, that, does, that doesn't count. <laughs> Sure, I responded to everything because responding to you, putting reruns up on the podcast was like a form of employment. Yeah. And I felt like I had something to get up for every yeah. day. So thank you for that. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts.